Pittsburgh Steeler fans, it is time once again for another episode of Bad Language. My name is Brian Anthony Davis here at the Steel Curtain Network, and I'm so glad to have you with me once again. But I've got to tell you, it's the aftermath of a Super Bowl, and the Steelers weren't in it. How'd you do it? How did I do it? Well, let's talk about that and more here on the latest episode of Bad Language. So let's do it. But before we do it, make sure you check out another episode of Jeff Hartman and Let's Ride. It's our flagship show here on SCN in the morning. It's a great one. Another good one today. Asking how far off are the Steelers from a Super Bowl appearance? So you know, that's kind of what we're looking at today. And we're also going to talk about award season and Cam Hayward as well. I'm watching this game last night. I'm kind of conflicted who to root for. I've got the Steelers not in the game. I'm looking at former Steelers, Javon Hargrave for the Eagles. I'm looking at Juju Smith-Schuster, former Steeler for the Chiefs. And I just want to see who represents being a former black and gold star in this big game in 57. And actually, you know, this is the game that Dan Rooney years ago was lobbying for for Pittsburgh because it would have been perfect. Heinz 57, but nobody really knew at that time that it would have been Acrisure 57. And the fact that the Pittsburgh Steelers and the city of Pittsburgh might not have enough room to host a Super Bowl. Well, that was of concern as well. As far as the weather, fantastic weather. Pittsburgh would have been able to host that game, definitely. But that's neither here nor there. The game was in Arizona, and the Steelers weren't in it. And I'm still trying to wrap my head around it. It's one of my favorite days of the year, but I have got to tell you, when the Steelers aren't in it, it's just not the same. So I've got to make my own game within the game. And we're going to talk about all of that. As far as the game overall, one of the best games I've seen in a long time. Then we get into the final three minutes. And there's a call that a lot of people aren't happy with. I'm conflicted about that too. When you have Juju Smith-Schuster going out to catch a pass late in that game on third down, and you call the penalty that you did, after not calling penalties much throughout the game, especially no pass interference, they let them play throughout the game. When you call it, a lot of people are going to say suspect. My gosh, I had one buddy text me during the game and say, you know, this looks like it's a scripted game. I hate to say it. I'm like, come on, it's not scripted. But now you're going to have naysayers. You're going to have naysayers from Philadelphia, especially. And I don't blame them. I'm going to be really upset if that's the Pittsburgh Steelers. And they call that penalty there. It was kind of ticky-tack. Sure, it was a hold, but they weren't doing it the entire game. So once again, conflicted. I'm looking at it like, if I'm the Chiefs, I'm like, yeah, you got to call that. If I'm the Eagles, I'm like, why are you calling it there after not calling it the whole game? So it's one of those that I don't have the answer for in my own brain. But since I'm not a fan of either team and I'm a fan of the sport, it's one that I almost have to let go. But that's tough, especially if you're an Eagles fan today. 
I feel for you, Eagles fans. Jesse James caught that ball. I know. I know how it feels. So with that being said, it doesn't make it any easier for you today. You might have to just hang on the fact that you got ripped off or whether you did or not feel like you got ripped off. As far as the Chiefs coming back and playing that game, I'm watching the beginning of that game. I am saying that this team is not the best team here and the Eagles are going to rout them in this game. Once again, I have no problem admitting when I'm wrong. I thought Jalen Hurts was going to run away with the MVP of that game. I actually could still make a case for him as MVP of that game. But Pat Mahomes, Patrick, sorry, it's Patrick Mahomes. He's the MVP of that game. During that game, I kept on yelling out for Juju. I didn't even notice Javon Hargrave in the game at all. But I was really glad to see Juju come alive in the second half. He was also involved in that big play at the end. So, you know, Juju had a big role in that game. Juju got paid big time for that game because of incentives. He had to play 50% of the snaps in the Super Bowl and have good stats in that game and with them winning as well. I think he got over a million dollars just for the win and there's more incentives in that contract that wasn't amazing, but it shows that you could sign with a good team and the incentive laden contract. If you can back it up is pretty good. Now he's going to cash in as a free agent definitely is going to because of what happened in that game. And he's now a Super Bowl champion. My biggest disappointment is I did not see Bougie at all. Not a mention of the Booge. Bougie Smith-Schuster is a champion too, because you know what he brings to that team as well in the locker room. I love that little French Bulldog. So congratulations. Not to be outdone, Bougie is a champion as well. So let's do it. Let's keep on talking. How did you feel watching Bougie in that game? Actually, let me say that again. You didn't get to see him. He's a French Bulldog. How did you feel watching Juju in that game? Me, I felt good. Steelers didn't really try to bring him back. He didn't go AWOL on that team. Man, he's going to be a player in free agency. If you thought you were going to get Juju to come back to the Steelers cheap, nah, it's not happening after this game. It's not going to. He wasn't the superstar that Devontae Smith was on the other side of the ball. He wasn't Travis Kelsey in that game. Did not score a touchdown in that game, but he still had a very good performance. And that was, on the Kansas City side, a full team game. Everybody was in the mix. You could throw everybody in there. Kadarius Toney had a touchdown. Jarek McKinnon was running wild. Then, man, you have Isaac Pacheco. Another case for getting a running back late in the draft. So many guys contributed on that side of the ball. It was great. I really love to see what they did. I have a lot of respect for Patrick Mahomes. That ankle, you knew it was bad. Did he embellish it to be a Kurt Schilling, to be a Willis Reed? I don't know. I mean, that's coming out too. Chiefs won that game. Not a big Andy Reid fan. I've never have been, but he did it right. 
and especially beating his former team who let him go, that's got to feel good in the Super Bowl for Andy Reid. You know, he's going to take the high road on that. Nick Sirianni wouldn't. There's a part of me that, even though I've got a lot of friends in this area that like the Eagles, that no, like the Eagles, that's wrong. They they crave the Eagles like we crave the Steelers. And I feel for them because I know how it feels to lose that Super Bowl, especially I'm still not over Super Bowl 45, losing to the Packers. Watched that game over the weekend. Oh, yeah, I did. I Jeff Hartman and Dave Schofield wonder why I torture myself. But I want to see where they went wrong. Especially after all that malarkey, not like malarkey, but all that malarkey over the weekend or in last week about Max Stark saying that, you know, they changed the game plan. Uh, that's wrong. Watch that game. They were very run heavy in the second half of that game. So, you know, I do feel bad because I could name a lot of good friends that were really rooting for the Eagles. I don't have any friends that are Chiefs fans. I just don't. Now, you know, be careful with Chiefs fans. They're pretty obnoxious. Travis Kelsey after the game was really obnoxious, saying you put receives F-bomb in and you put respect with the Chiefs name now. Like, when did the Chiefs ever have disrespect? They didn't. Now, going to that game, they were underdogs. They were underdogs for a reason. Philadelphia was humming. They came out humming. The Chiefs solved them, especially on defense. Great job, Chiefs, on defense. Still gave up a lot of points, 38 to 35. Is that one of the greatest Super Bowls in history? Yeah, it has to be. The ending, man, you hate to see an ending like that. You want to see it go down to the end with the with the Chiefs stopping the Eagles. But they play the clock game especially right. They did it the right way. But me watching Juju in that game, having no hard feelings against Juju because he didn't do anything to the Steelers, thought it was great. Did the Steelers give Juju a chance to be a superstar like that? Even though he wasn't a superstar in that game, but to get a Super Bowl win? Eh, I don't know. Maybe as a rookie he did, second year he did, but they didn't have all the pieces, especially on defense. So I'm very happy for Juju Smith-Schuster. I'm very happy that the Steelers weren't in that game. (laughs) Why am I saying that bad? That's sacrilegious. Why would you say that? They would have not been able to hold up in that game yet. And I saw a question on Twitter. Do you really think Kenny Pickett is up to snuff? To be in this game? I I actually do. But not this year. Kenny Pickett will belong in the Super Bowl. I think he will play in the Super Bowl. I think he could win a Super Bowl. But not in 2022. Now that it's 2023. In the 2023 season, I see that they're like 6,000 to 1. Man, I like to throw a couple beans on that. If I threw $100 on that, that I had disposable, which I don't this second, but if I did and they win it, man, I, I am raking it in. If I could just put 500 down, wow, I'd be in great shape. 6,000 to one, yeah, I would take that. 
So the Steelers weren't in that game. How do you get through a Super Bowl when the Steelers aren't in it? You keep on the whole time thinking, what if, if they were in it? And then you realize that maybe it's a good thing they weren't. But you go through and you root for football. You root for a former player that you have respect for. A couple years ago, I know it was tough to root for Antonio Brown to get that Super Bowl. I know that was weird. It was a different situation with Juju. It really was. That same game you had Antonio Brown and you had Le'Veon Bell and you knew one of them was going to be a, a Super Bowl champion. And you were like, uh. Some people were saying, hey, I'm rooting for a meteor. Nah, you, you don't want that. It's funny, but it's not funny. But when you watch the game, you're rooting for a great game. You're rooting for Willie Parker's record run not to be broken. You're rooting for a few things. But you've got to acknowledge how good the Kansas City Chiefs actually are. And they are phenomenal to be able to stand up to a Philadelphia bully that was the Eagles. Because I thought the Eagles were going to run away with it. And the way it started, they did. If you're one that says, I root for the commercials, eh, commercials were actually pretty good this year. They they were better than in last years. But don't do that. That takes away what you're really there for. But the commercials bring in people that aren't going to normally watch the game. Same with the halftime show. But the halftime show was blah. I'm not a Rihanna fan. Past couple of years, you had new talent in there like Bruno Mars and... Beyonce, even though it's not new talent, but it's not the who and it's not the Rolling Stones. It's not old guys up there butchering the songs that you loved. Rihanna was okay, but it's just not my cup of tea. And she brought nobody with her, which was a surprise. You know, usually there's somebody else, but not in this case. So that's how I got through the Super Bowl. I got through it with great food, thanks to my wife making me a feast. I was invited to a party. I stayed home. My kids went to that party. I stayed home with my wife and we had fun watching the Super Bowl together. It was, it was actually great. Would have it been better if the Steelers were in it? Absolutely. But I might be really disappointed because the 2022 team was not Lombardi sticky winner. What's a Lombardi sticky winner? Well, not worthy of holding that sticky Lombardi. And if you don't know what that means, ask Ben Roethlisberger. We're going to go ahead and take a break. We'll be right back right after this. You know what it is. It's bad language on SCN. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, we are back. Bad language the day after the Super Bowl. We're going to have a Super Bowl hangover, and we're going to have that later on today on the Steel Curtain Network. It's going to be myself, Brian Anthony Davis, along with the return of Tony Defio and my good friend Shannon White as well. So we are going to be there talking about all of that and more. 
as we transition over into the true off season. It's here. Everybody knows who's picking at number 31, and we all definitely know who's picking at number 32 now, and it's the Pittsburgh Steelers. Remember, Miami forfeited for some chicanery, so, you know, draft stuff is going to go full swing as, man, free agency's around the corner, the combine's around the corner. It's going to be exciting, so stick right here with SCN for all of your favorite topics. And we know your favorite topic is the Pittsburgh Steelers, and we've got everything you need to know about your heroes in hypocycloids, the men of steel, the black and gold, the Iron City Renegades, whatever you want to call them. You probably don't call them half of those things. Maybe it's just me. I like nicknames. Muhammad Ali had a million nicknames. And then Thunderlips did too. And Rocky and Rocky Three and Rocky said, Man, that's a lot of nicknames. I love nicknames. I've got a few of them myself. You might be making up some for me right now. That's fine. Hey, let's go ahead and move on to the second half of this. Along with the Super Bowl hype in the week, of course, you had the All-Pro festivities last week. But the big thing is the Hall of Fame inductions. It's not the inductions that comes up in uh, late July, early August. But it's the Hall of Fame announcements it's the MVP award. It's all of that stuff. I think the NFL does a pretty good job with their awards show. But I do need to talk about the Walter Payton Man of the Year. Look, I am not discounting whatsoever Dak Prescott and what he has done. Especially when you look at the fact that he lost his mother to cancer and he's uh, helping, helping that fight against cancer. He's also helping the fight against depression with his brother's suicide, you know, that's some high profile stuff. And, and I get it. Don't want to discount that. That's stuff that's needed whatsoever. But my question is, do we really need an NFL Walter Payton man of the year? I like the fact that they do 32 from one team. And I think it should stop there. I don't think any of those 32 men that did so much for their community should be discounted and have to lose out in the honor. I really don't. And I'm talking about Cam Hayward mostly. Cam's been doing it forever. Cam lost his dad to cancer. Cam's done so many things out there. He now has his latest initiative called Hayward House. He's not new. It's been doing that since 2015, but his latest initiative is Craig's Closet. And that is making sure that every young person that needs a suit for a job interview gets a suit. That's fantastic. I didn't even know that until I was researching this whole thing. You know, so I, I love what he does and it's infectious. You know, he does this stuff to help other people. And other people fall in line. So to say that there's only one winner of the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award, I kind of think that he needs to stop. I think they should honor all 30 men. Individually, we know who they all are. And they're all Walter Payton NFL Men of the Year, not just for your team. What does it hurt? You don't have to have a champion of the champions when it comes to helping. These guys don't do it for awards. We know that. 
Cam came out with, I don't need an award to do what I'm doing. That tweet, I loved it. But I was disappointed. Cam might not be. And if he is, he's not going to show it. He's going to keep on doing what he does. That's why he's one of the greatest stealers of all time. You don't need to have a ring either to be a great stealer of all time. In this day and age, he ranks up there. One thing that I would love, and I've mentioned this on this show, I've mentioned this on other shows, I would love him to come out the first week and get three sacks. To be the all-time leader for maybe just one week or two. Because you know it's TJ's crown. TJ's going to get it. Gosh, I hope TJ gets it because if not, he's injured. But Cam is just a champion for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Not a Super Bowl champion. I hope he gets to add that to his resume. But all I'm saying about Cam Hayward, I'd love to see him get that moment in the sun at number one. Because we know it's happening for TJ. I'm glad it happened for Debo. I'm glad it happened for Jason Gildon. And I'm glad it happened for LC Greenwood. But most of all, I'd love to see him have that honor just for one moment. I think I was most disappointed because Cam did not win NFL Man of the Year. When is he going to get his due? I think he's been doing it so long that he's Susan Chino. Cam's a constant. And his stuff might not be high profile, but he does so much of it, it gets lost in the shuffle of those more high profile causes. Remember, Cam's a guy who paid a lot of money in fines because he had his he had iron head on his eye black, and the NFL fined him for that. Now we're allowed to do shoes. I actually feel like the NFL should go back and give him that money back. But that's neither here nor there. The guy does so much, and I almost feel that he needs a Lifetime Achievement Award for what he does. Man, he's been doing it so long, too. And this is no disrespect to Dak. I cheered for Dak when he got it. The rate the Cowboys are going, that might be the only award that he's getting. But I think the true mark of a man is what he does off of the field, in the community, more than what he does on the field. So I kind of take that snide comment back. So NFL, take a look at that. We had all these paramedics and all these guys to help DeMar Hamlin up on the stage. Why can't there be 32 men on the stage if they show up and they want to be there? And it be a collective award. These are your Walter Payton men of the year. I don't see anything wrong with that. It's time this award is shared. That's not a bad thing. I don't want the award to go away. I'm just saying, make it 32. That's what we're talking about. All right, let's go ahead and look more at the Hall of Fame. I'm really disappointed with the Hall of Fame. A lot of guys got in. Of course, no Steelers got in because they weren't on the ballot for the finale. But you know why I was really upset? Because no receivers got in. There's about three or four guys ahead of Heinz Ward. 
which means I was really ho- hoping that two guys got in. Just two. That makes it closer for Hines. So this makes this really for Hines. This makes it so it's going to be a lot tougher for him to get in next year. Don't expect Hines to be in the the final 15 next year. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen because you have guys like Torrey Holt waiting in the wings. You have stuff like that where he's not going to get in. Will he get in? Probably. I think he gets in. I think he goes the John Stallworth route. I think he goes the Lynn Swan route. It took those guys a long time to get in. Should it? No. Torrey Holt did not get in. Andre Johnson did not get in. Reggie Wayne did not get in. And with that, that means Hines is fourth in line. And then who's eligible next year? Those 2024 eligible guys, it's supposed to be a really big class. You've got guys that are coming out for the Hall of Fame in the NFL that you know, this is a big deal next year. Who are all the guys that's going to be eligible? Have you looked at the list? Andrew Luck is on that list, not a receiver. I almost think that I'm going to be disappointed if Andrew Luck goes in right away. Absolutely, I'm I'm going to be. Antonio Gates is on that list. Julius Peppers. You see where this could be a star-studded class because a lot of these guys, Floody Nada, I don't think he gets in. Brandon Marshall's going to be on the list. Uh, he's not jumping ahead of Heinz Ward. I, I will probably tell you that. Phil Dawson, he's a kicker. Gary Anderson's not in. Phil, you're not getting in. Eric Berry's on that list. Jamal Charles. There's some guys. That, I mean, Antonio Gates, I would probably almost guarantee, just like I would guarantee Joe Thomas. Chili's Peppers, yeah, probably. He's forced a lot of fumbles in his life. There's still going to be opportunity for those guys that did not get in. And it's going to be really interesting. But when you look at the list this year and there's no receivers, that holds back Heinz Ward. And I hate it because we know what he means in Pittsburgh. We know exactly how important he is. Do you think he should be in the Hall of Fame? For some of the other guys in there, absolutely he should. Look, I don't have a problem with Rondé Barber getting it. Not a receiver. Don Coriel, Coriel did not win a Super Bowl. Should have been a long time ago. Chuck Howley, big deal. Joe Klecko was a big deal. Terrell Rivas, we know everything that he's done. Don't know much about Ken Riley for the Cincinnati Bengals. Joe Thomas, he never played in the playoffs. But he's a Hall of Famer. And I don't think we should put this stuff on these guys. Zach Thomas fully got it. DeMarcus Ware got in. Those are some big names on that list. But I'm shocked that there wasn't a receiver. So are these guys, the Reggie Waynes, the Andre 
Leandre Johnsons, are they guys that just are Tory Holt? Are they just on the list and going to have to go to the veteran committee? I hope not. I actually think Hines should be above some of those guys. Especially for being a Super Bowl MVP. Especially for being a two-time champion. Wayne and Holt have rings. They've got one, but we're not measuring rings. Wide receiver's tough, too, because there's always going to be an opportunity for a 1,000-yard receiver on every single team. There's a lot of 1,000-yard receivers every single year. But what Hines did year after year after year has got to be noticed. And right now, it's not being noticed. Eh, you know, he's up there as a former Super Bowl MVP, but it's time. So NFL, I'd like you to go ahead and look at your awards weekend. And I know the Associated Press votes. I know they do all that. But I really think if you're going to go back two years and have a class where 25 guys get in and you're still leaving some guys out, it's kind of disappointing. You know, these aren't, some of these guys, if they make it to the top 15 and you're going to say, oh, they eventually get in, but they're not getting in now. Then you wait for posthumous awards. It's a crying shame that Ken Stabler waited that long to get in. And then he died. He's dead. When he gets in. And his family gets to actually hurt even more. They're glad for the honor, but they hurt even more that he never got a chance to enjoy it. And there's so many names like that. Another name I'm going to give you, Elsie Greenwood deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Man. He can't enjoy it. That guy was larger than life. That guy had a personality that you would not believe. He was fantastic. I wish the NFL would look at this and honor some of these guys earlier. Put more in. You can have more exhibits. That's okay. Put more of these guys in when they're alive. That's all I'm saying. My name, of course, is Brian Anthony Davis. This has been another episode of the show that we call Bad Language. I am blessed, truly blessed that all of you hang out with me each and every week. Thank you so much. I'm going to get on out of here. Once again, bad language. I'm bad. And I ain't apologizing for nothing.